This week's episode of Here's Round Candy is brought to you in part by trusting the plan. Trust the plan. The plan said, I know the plan said that Trump would be reinstated by the end of August, but that was not, we didn't really specify August 2021. Maybe we meant August 2022. And by no means were you, was this a method to keep you, uh, docile and not fighting back while you, while your life just kind of continued on until you ge- generally forgot about what was happening and you're like, well, it's kind of too late now, like what they did to the Tea Party movement. No, no, no. Trust the plan. Uh, August 2022 this time, maybe 2023 or 2024. On the outside chance, 2025 or 2026. But, you know, you just got to keep trusting the plan because as long as you trust the plan, you will not do anything uh, to compromise the people in power. And that's the most important. That is the single most important thing that you, as a true Q patriot, can do. to Here's What I Don't Get, from north to south, east to west, the only formerly international podcast to tackle all of life's toughest issues. I'm your host, Tab Burt, with me today on this 250th episode, five years strong, Tim the Handlebreaker. Welcome back, Tim. How's it going? It is fucking great. 250. 250. Yep. A lot of lots of podcasts they get this far, and then you know what happens? What? They start taking weeks off. They, they get real <laughs> cocky, and they're like, "Ah, we did two hundred fifty plus episodes. We just start taking weeks off." Some podcasts they don't even make it that far. They they miss their one year anniversary. You know, not going to name names. They miss their one year yeah. anniversary episode, which is just embarrassing. <laughs> Just the peak of embarrassment. Like it's like it's like, it's like not showing up to your own birthday party. Exactly. Except uh, less enjoyable because people because birthday parties suck. Yeah. But podcasts podcasts are forever. <laughs> oh boy. What what else? We we have a lot going on this week. It's uh, the first week of September. Yep. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but Trump was not reinstated as president by August 31st. So I just assume there's a new plan that they did not communicate to us. Of course. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm hopeful that that means that the plan is working, and by no means are they just keep on pushing this off because mm-hmm. there's no actually no plan, and this is just a way or, to control you. Or maybe they'll they're restructuring the uh, Gregorian calendar, oh, so that August a, is is from a few, a few months well, from now. You know, as we know, August is not a real month. No, it's not. Uh, it was uh, created yeah, by the elite. Uh, June, July, and August are all fake months. Or no, it's just July and August. July and August yeah. are fake months created by uh, one of the fucking Caesars after Augustus. Was it Augustus Caesar that did it? It was Julius. Julius Caesar. Hence July. I th- no, Julius. No, that was it was after Julius Caesar. Yeah, it was after him, but it's na- named. Yeah, after. it's named for him, but yeah. it was one of the one of his heirs gotcha, that did it. Gotcha. I think it was Augustus Caesar that did. It. That's why we have July, July and Julius, August, August yeah. which is why September, the seventh month, is the ninth month, <laughs> and December, the tenth month, is the twelfth. November, the ninth month. Yeah. October, the eighth. It month. really makes yeah. a lot more sense to have uh, thirty to have 10 months because then you have 35 day months and 36 day months. Uh-huh. Whoever fucked up and gave February 28 days. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is the matter with you? Just make it 30 days. Yeah. Take two of the 31 month day months uh-huh. and give them to fucking February. Yeah. And then every four years, February has a 31st day. 
And in fact, they should make uh, they should just make the first day of the year the extra day. So you have two, two uh, New Year's Eve, two New, New Year's, Year's Eve, yeah. yeah. One to drink and one to get one to well, get over it. Get over it, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Speaking of holidays, it was Labor Day this weekend. It was, uh, and I went and grilled out at the Labor Day stagehand picnic. Cool. Four grills. I brought. I brought three grills. I brought my my big grill that I've had for several years. I bought my griddle that I bought this year, and then I bought that little shitty charcoal grill that I mm-hmm. bought when we did the steak video, uh, because we have a couple of vegans and vegetarians in the local, and I was like, that grill has only I I bought that grill for twenty dollars, eighteen dollars yeah. plus a bag of charcoal <laughs> to cook corn on while I made those steaks. Yes, that was so. It's like no meat has ever touched this. I'll bring this to cook a, some veggie burgers on. It was perfect for that. Uh, and then I figured the park would have some of those built-in grills that I'd the throw some The tiny shitty ones on. you yeah, can make four burgers on? Oh, dude. They fucked them up. They used to be... The, you know, they have these like tabs where you can set the grill top to different levels yeah. to get better heat. Well, the front tab used to... It would swing up so you could shovel the ashes out and dump your charcoal in. Yeah. No longer. It only, it stays flat the whole time. So to get the charcoal out of my chimney onto this grill, I had to kind of like shake out <laughs> at it like I was throwing my drink at an angry, at an upset man. And I'm a, I'm a bitch. Uh, it was like, who, who did this? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, so anyway, I had that one, my, my shitty charcoal grill, my two nice grills. And I set up myself this like little grill command station where I had a little prep table and then all my grills surrounding me Four grills. Another guy, he brings his smoker and his, uh, hasty bake pellet grill. Uh-huh. And so he's got his two grills. He sets up almost like the bridge of the enterprise E, right? <laughs> well, they have those U shaped yeah, yeah. consoles instead of the flat ones yes. from the D, but they're right next to each other. So you so he sets up. So we're sharing the prep table, but my grills are two of my grills are to his back. So it was a nice little, little setup where we could work and everything could come inside underneath the, the picnic shelter. But, uh, you know, he got a, you know, I want to, I don't want to call anyone a lesser man, but two guys were working his two grills Uh while I worked my four grills Yeah, and I cooked, I cooked the shit out of those hamburgers. Like what, what kind of hamburger you want? You want a charcoal hamburger? Here you go. You fucking degenerate. You want a propane (laughs) hamburger? Here you go. You want a griddle pressed hamburger? There you go. You want a veggie burger? Boom. In your face. You want grilled onions? Gotcha. It was good. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, very hot. It got it, well. It got we did it smart though. We had lunch there, not n- not all day. So we got there at like nine thirty ten, and we left by two 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 or three. That is smart because th- that two three is when it is getting the hottest. Yeah, it was really starting to get hot. We had already packed everything up. We were just kind of sitting around chatting, finishing the last couple of sodas and stuff. And we're in the shade, obviously, at the picnic shelter, and uh, the the heat is picking up and it's like oh god i'm so glad we came and went before it's gonna get to the miserable hot portion of the day and then i went home and and fell asleep on the sofa watching television uh what else what have you got going on this week tim uh i've been house and dog sitting yeah. uh just one dog uh and it's a she is one of the most laid back uh dogs i've ever had to deal with yeah Likes being outside and she has a backyard. Yeah. So you wake up, say, how you doing? Open up the back door. All right. See you later. You want to go play? You go play. 
yep. outside, uh, take her on a walk. She comes back and walks. You open up the back door again. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in the evening, oh, here's your food. All right, you're, you're eating outside. I'll close the door. All right, it's time to go to bed. Open the door up. Come back. Come on in. I mean, it's the, one of the most low maintenance dogs I've ever That's had. The so great. Beauty of uh, when you house it for someone's dog, and the dog is like, it has to be inside all the time because they, it, but then also wants to go out all mm-hmm. the time. So you're just constantly getting up and letting the dog out and back in and yeah. out and back in. Yep. <sighs> yep. I think the uh, I think the WATP live show was cursed by like some witches or something because mm-hmm. my cat got sick right before it. And I, you didn't even get, wasn't able to go. There there was entertaining me. I had the thought of getting up at like five in the morning and driving up there because it's like an 11 hour drive. Um, But obviously I couldn't do that because my cat was sick. Carl's wife's cat died while they were gone or right after they got back. Something like that. Very sick while they were gone. Dick's dog got horribly ill. Kind of makes you wonder. I feel like we need to, you know, there was, we need to team up with Allah because I heard that Allah was really busting some witches in PvP. <laughs> Do you see that post? No. This lady like posting in some Wiccan subreddit and like, by the way, don't try and go up against Allah by yourself. He nearly damaged my spiritual cairn or something. <laughs> like I went and, and tried to attack him, but he's got like a it read like someone talking about a D and D campaign or Skyrim or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> like oh yeah, whoa whoa you you know there's so most most of the uh, the spiritual realm is is leveled to your level, but there are a couple areas. <laughs> Areas in Skyrim where there are bosses that are over leveled yes. intentionally, uh-huh. uh, and if you go in those areas, they will fucking kill you. <laughs> and I, as I have found out, unfortunately, yeah. several times, uh, I haven't played in in a while because uh, I, I, I just I didn't, didn't bring my PC with me. Yeah, um, but the last time I played, I found some dope ass armor yeah. from a mod I had installed. Um, I just came across a bandit camp. Killed them real easy. Found two uh, chests that were put there. One for each of the armor sets of the mod. <laughs> one is a is an old lady set, and one is an old man set. And I'm I'm playing as a male Khajiit, and I, but I've got a lady follower. Yeah. So I give her the cool lady armor, which is like Valkyrie armor. Um, and then I take the cool. Um, it's like a mixture of like a Dark Souls armor mixed with like a Berserk armor. And I've got a sword. My sword is as big as I am. Nice. Um, when you sheath it, is it like at a big angle? Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> it's great. Uh, you know who else has two big chests? <laughs> <laughs> who? Oh, I think you know Tim. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. Famous titties. Famous titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I need to get back into Skyrim. Give me something to do. Yeah. Yes, but you and I'll I'll elaborate more on that in my issue. But uh, yeah, this is week two of extra nerd shit. That's right. We, we did a bye week because we had a guest last week. So, but so th- if you're going to complain, just remember a spite producer requested this. So, Tim, what is your first issue this week? Uh, here's what I don't get: Zombieland Double Tap, which is the full name of the movie. Uh. It's not called Zombieland Two. It's called Zombieland Double Tap. Um, look. I'm not the biggest fan of the first Zombieland movie. I went to go see it when it came out. Mm-hmm. I had like advanced screening tickets yeah. from a con or something. 
Uh, so I went. Yeah, like they, they from a con is in they tricked you. Into going. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a. I, it's not a bad movie. It's a Tulsa bag switch. He, yep. he lost a hundred thousand dollars, but he's given two tickets to Zombie Land. Like, well, I guess I'll make the best of a big bad situation. Yep. Uh, and then he gets there and they're like, these are fake tickets. <laughs> no! Well, no! they'll just lay you in. Yeah. Um, I saw it when it came out. I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable yeah, was fine. comedy zombie rock. I think I've seen it once and probably on DVD and I, it was it was not objectionable. Yeah, I, I think I saw it in theaters and I saw it once on DVD and I've probably caught bits and pieces on yeah. you know TV. If here it and came there. on movie night for some reason, uh, I would not buzz it. I probably wouldn't. Well, you might buzz it if you had uh, seen Zombieland Double Tap because uh, Zombieland Double Tap has henceforth ruined my enjoyment of enjoyment of the first one. Uh, so I I had no. They did this ten years after the first. This came out twenty nineteen. Yeah. Uh, and oh boy, is it super not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the 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 first main problem I have with it. So, what do you remember about the first Zombieland movie? If you had, if you just describe it in a in a little paragraph, uh, Jesse Eisenberg is like a neurotic guy who's surviving in the apocalypse via mm-hmm. a bunch of rules, and yep. he meets up with the other three people somehow, yeah. and they're all called by their hometown or something. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are trying to get to a theme park for some reason. I don't remember who's going to the theme park, but, and I remember that Woody Harrelson likes Twinkies. Sure. That's about as much as you need to know going in to the second one. Yeah. Um, and Bill Murray's in it. Bill Murray is in it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a fun zombie action comedy romp. Um, the thing though, is that, uh, I think back in 2009, uh, 2009, zombies weren't played out. That's the thing is it was the it was the like beginning of the end of the zombie like the early 2000s zombie craze. Right. Yeah. Because I think Walking Dead premiered that same year. Really? I think so. Wow. 2009. Yeah. Um, and that, that was no, the big Zombieland was the the beginning of the zombie craze that was like 09 to 2013, 2012. That was like the la- it's la- it's last big hurrah. Mm. I don't really remember any zombie stuff prior to that. I guess the Resident Evil, but I never watched any of those. Well, those started in the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesse Eisenberg's shtick has gotten like, like we, we, like that's his shtick. We figured it out. Yeah. Because it was the, the social network was the big movie that he, he did. did. Yeah. And that was 2010. Yeah. So this was like his, you know, on his, his come up and it's like well, he oh, also he did, just does that every movie he also did that other theme park movie with Adventureland Adventureland with uh, Kristen Bell no no the one from Twilight Twilight yeah. Kristen Stewart Stewart yeah so like his shtick is played out they don't like there's the whole rules thing is talked about and done yeah but it's only like it's, it just feels like it has to be there. It feels like it has to be there. Yeah. Um, like if you put a Ferengi in an episode of Star Trek, they have to reference the rules of acquisition. Of course. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and whereas like the first one is like you learning about the rules of acquisition. Yeah. Uh, and using it to further the plot. Yeah. Um, the, the main thing though, 
uh, aside from like the cinematography is just bland aside from most of the movie just being bland is they introduce a new character. So at the beginning of the movie, I'm, I'm going to spoil this because who fucking cares? Uh, begin the movie. They have moved into the white house. Oh, cool. Um, cause it was barely like touched Four. Yeah, yeah. It was barely touched. They move into the white house and they're now in a, a, uh, domestic bliss. Him and uh, Emma Stone are hanging out. They fucking and fucking. Okay. Woody Harrelson's like making guns and working on his big ass truck all the time. Um, but the the younger sister is now like has that like cost co- of fuck. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She has that college age. She wants to get out of you know the the other ones are happy, but she's the youngest, so she doesn't. She wants to leave the nest. She does. Sister Emma Stone goes after her. After he proposes after he proposes and she doesn't immediately say yes. Oh, so, right. So that's, that's, this is, here's, yeah, this is a teenage oh, yeah. sex comedy in the works. Uh, so he, he and Woody Harrelson are, uh, they're going through, uh, a mall one day close to, close to the white house. And they find a person. It's a person that's been living in the walking, uh, freezer of the pink berry. And it's a, a like a yogurt, store? frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. Okay. Um, the character is uh, Michael Sarah. No, it's a lady, and she's uh, she's like got like uh, dyed blonde hair, is wearing head to toe pink, talks in a valley girl accent. Oh, like this, this, and this ends up being his rebound lady. And you would think, like, the reason you put that character in there is so that as the audience, you can be like, whoa, she is way too much and over the top. I can't wait to see her get her head blown the fuck off. Yeah, and that doesn't Um, happen. No, it doesn't fucking happen. She's in the whole rest of the movie as a main character. God damn it. And it is... It is so frustrating. Because There's There's nothing worse than a bad character who just does never gets their recompense. Oh, man. That's, that's why uh, Godzilla versus Biolante was so good because yes. the, the John Wick character who wasn't really a bad character. He was just doing evil. Yes. It was like the last five minutes of the movie. Like, oh, we got to make sure that that guy gets his recompense. Um, he steps onto a giant Godzilla landmine and just disappears. And, and <laughs> gets lightning to death. You're like, yeah, <laughs> fuck John Wick. Uh, you just ha- I hate I hate when care it's like uh it's like the boyfriend in Halloween 2018 right he cheats on uh our main girl character but then he doesn't get killed by Michael Myers oh yeah and now he's in the fucking sequel he is I I didn't re- remember seeing yeah. him and that's right he he throw and then for no reason th- oh but for plot reason he throws puts her, her phone, phone into the- yogurt or something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I don't. It's like you don't understand how to structure a movie. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't put this character in if you're not going to do something with them. But there has to be a Or the other option is, the other option is, right, is you can have this annoying character where it's all pink who's just a huge annoying twat. Yeah. And then they have this breakdown and they come out the other side as a real person. That's the other thing is there's there is a Which by your tone I'm assuming didn't happen. No, there's one one scene where I was like, "Oh, this is the turn." Um, because, he, uh, they're like walking around and she's like, boy, you guys are all like really sarcastic assholes. Um, and like not nice people. 
and uh, they start saying sarcastic, not nice things to her. And Jesse Eisenberg goes, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, that's kind of it. Um, and then like a scene or two later, she says something sarcastic and assholy. Yeah. Uh, but it goes nowhere. Script writing and, and 101, folks. In the worst part, the worst part is that um, they're driving down, they're driving down the road. Uh, Trying to loosen their load. Yeah. Uh, and there's, uh, she's eating like trail mix, right? Mm-hmm. And this is right after like a big zombie fight. And then you see her start like choking and she's like, uh, like zombifying in the car. And so they stop and pull over and he has to go out and like shoot her in the face. Uh, except you don't see him shoot her in the face. And it also kind of looks like, uh, she's having more of an allergic reaction than is being zombified. The movie sets it up way too, yeah, way too obviously. Cause then she comes up later and she's like, Oh, look, I'm not a zombie. I was having an allergic reaction. So they left her in a field. Yeah. Um, it, uh, man. And then the whole rest of the movie, the other new characters, uh, they introduced like, um, Rosario Dawson. She's fine. She's whatever. But then they introduce, uh, it's, uh, not Owen Wilson, the Luke Luke Wilson. Wilson, Luke Wilson and Thomas Middleditch, who you would recognize, his face, but not his mm-hmm, name. Not his middle ditch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're brought in as, oh, it. they're the, basically the same people as... Um, Pink Girl? No, as uh, Jesse Eisenberg and... Uh, oh, the, it's the it's like the, the Bizarro team. The Bizarro team, right, okay. right, right. Um, Earth and, 2 Justice League. Yes, and they last like two scenes, of course. Um and so the only other new character is like uh, the younger sister's boyfriend who she runs off with, who is just a hippie. Uh, that's his character. His character is just, it's literally just hippie. Mm. He's it's like when you're going through, did you see the, did you not to like go tremendously off topic? Sure, sure. Did you see all of the uh, Star Trek series Bibles got posted online this week? I did see that. Did you read any of them? I did not. Uh, so if you're into television and you're into Star Trek specifically, you can go f- Google these and download PDFs of uh, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, and TNG's original writer's Bible. Yeah. And in there, it's got like Tasha Yar, and it kind of gives you a one paragraph backstory yep. of what's going on. So in this one, it, this guy's would be like, guy, hippie. He's a hippie. Yeah. He does hippie things. He's he's got an acoustic guitar. That's it. He's a hippie. He's wearing flip flops. He's in you know, uh, vaguely you know, Indian attire. Uh, he's somehow he, he smells like patchouli, even though you're watching. There, it on DVD. He mentions fucking patchouli. God damn it. Um. Uh. There's a scene where it's the two of them, right? They're driving, and uh, she's like, you know, I grew up pretty much in the zombie apocalypse and never got to smoke weed. Do you have any? And he goes, do I look like the kind of person that would have weed on them? Yes. He does. And he pulls out a big bag of weed. <laughs> like, they're a bunch of no jokes. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, they mentioned Bill Murray. They, ben- they mentioned Bill Murray in the movie, of mm-hmm. course, because that was a big thing from the first one. Yeah. Uh, 
That's why people refer to him as Bill fucking Murray, despite the fact that he ruined Ghostbusters and everything else he's ever been in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rosario Dawson's character is a big Bill Murray fan. And she says, quote, like, if I ever meet the person that did that, I'm going to kill them. And then like, like that's the mention. And then credits start rolling. And then uh, uh, Bill Murray wasn't in the movie. Yeah. So he's going to be in the post credit scene. How? And by and and by scene, I mean it's a whole fucking scene. It's not a it's not a and post like credit a, scene. Uh, yeah, it's a whole ass scene, like a deleted scene of Bill Murray at the um, Garfield three press tour press junket thing at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Okay, uh, and Al Roker is like becomes a zombie while he's interviewing Bill Murray. Uh. And Bill Murray has to go around. He goes around and says a bunch of his catchphrases while taking out zombies. But he says them in a way that it, where he's like tired and disinterested. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what Bill Murray does in movies now. Uh, is the laziest, the lazy, like that didn't need to get, didn't need to be there. Yeah. And they did it in the laziest way possible. Yeah. Which, which def- defines this movie. Zombieland 2, you didn't need it, and we did it in the laziest way possible. Yeah. I don't think there's like a cult following for Zombieland. That, I'm sure it made money at yeah, the box office. Yeah, it office, made money. I don't think that there is like that cult devotion, the way the way people no. are excited to see Michael Keaton come back as Batman. Yeah. Or, you know, people want to see these 10-year, you know, people want to see Clerks 3 still for whatever reason, because yeah. Kevin Smith hasn't made enough terrible movies in the last <laughs> 15 years. Yeah, no uh, one was begging for Zombieland 2. No. Yeah. Uh, another, another Night of the Living Dead movie? Sure. They're all <laughs> fucking wacko terrible. Well, another, yeah. um, I mean, Return of the Living Dead. Another Night of the Living Dead movie by uh, George Romero. He's been doing some. Yeah. But he, they're they're like way lower budget and, and they're they get they pumped suck. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the last one I watched was like Diary of the Living Dead or something or Land. Yeah, Land Survival of the Dead, Survival of the yeah. Dead. I don't know. Watched a bunch of them at one point, and his are all his are all head and shoulders above the others, mm-hmm. but they're still not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I can I can see I can I understand the motivation for things like Ghostbusters Afterlife coming mm-hmm. out, but. At the same time, I don't like this. This one does not fall in that category. You know how I knew this was going to be bad. It's when the opening credits uh, didn't match up. Mm. So the opening credits is slow mo footage of the main characters shooting zombies outside the on the lawn of the White House, set to Metallica's Master of Puppets. Um, and there was no. Like it's, it's, it was a, it's a terrible choice. Yeah. Because this is all slow-mo footage and Master of Puppets is very fast, fast tempo and upbeat. Yeah. You need, you need a a slow overdriven song. Well, it was to do slow-mo footage that it was all slow-mo footage. And I was expecting it once the beat kick in for it to like go into full speed, full speed. And it, when it didn't and just kept on being slow-mo, I was just like, Oh boy. Like Hell's Bells. You could set Hell's Bells over yeah. uh, over some slow-mo footage. Yep. Uh, you can't really do the fast-paced stuff over... Uh. Zombieland 2. Tim would not recommend it, apparently. No, yeah. no. 
So you said it it uh, tarnished your view of the first movie. Yeah, now? it makes me not want to watch the first one ever again. Yeah, I also I already didn't want to. I already the first didn't want to. Didn't again. I? I had no like urge to watch it. Uh, but, but if it were on TV, you wouldn't have changed the channel. Nah, I, I think I still <laughs> I would have, but now I just I I want to avoid it outright. When you're when you're scrolling through, it's not even the one. Sometimes I would do this right where like. Okay, I'm on back when I had cable. Sure. I'm on, you know, watching yep. Discovery Channel and something terrible comes on, like it's Shark yep. Week now. It's like I'm like, oh, let's see, let's go pop open the guide and see what's on. Like, oh, what's on FX? Zombieland? We'll make Zombieland the anchor. The anchor. Then we'll go back into the guide and see if we can find yep. something else. Uh you wouldn't let it be your anchor. I might just to see if it if if any of it, especially the comedy, holds up. Mm. Because I think I got Two laughs out of Zombieland two, and by laughs I mean, <sighs> mm. that's a. Uh, and I think I'm pretty sure one of them was entirely physical comedy, unrelated, entirely physical physical comedy and timing based, you like no, not not actually a written joke. You should have, uh, you should have watched Leprechaun four in space <laughs> with us because we were cracking up. Yeah, cracking up the the footage of outside the spaceship, Tim. Looked like previs for uh, Beast Wars. Previs for Beast Wars. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! And they just kept cutting the shots of the outside of the ship. You're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> All of the optical effects were done on VHS. Oh no! So it would be like this this film looking thing, mm. and then suddenly grainy VHS, oh, no. and then back to a film thing, like oh, the Twilight, like God. when you watch the Twilight Zone marathon. Yeah. And there's a bad one from season two in there. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. But then they they also did stuff where at one point the leprechaun gets made real big, and they built a set to his scale. Okay, so they're like this guy's being chased by now a a twenty foot tall leprechaun. Yeah, and He's running and hiding on the full size set, and then evidently they put Warwick Davis on a miniaturized set, and he's like grabbing boxes and stuff, and it looks really good. That's cool. But then he'll have to like reach in and try and grab the guy. It's fucking great to be Yeah. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun though. At one point, a woman just shows everyone her tits, just as something to do, I guess. Huh. She's just like, you guys are going to get yours, and then takes her top off. <laughs> and then she just walks around the room. She's just like, yep, take a look at him. You're going to be getting yours. That's what, like, that's what Zombieland needed a lot what, more of. What the hell is going on? And then she puts her top back on, and she's like, I hope you are thinking about what you did. And then she leaves. I'm like, John, uh, Trucking and Tuckin' and I were absolutely <laughs> astounded at what the hell was going on in this film. Like they knew they were writing a horror movie, yeah, and needed a reason for a for a lady to, to lose her shirt. She didn't lose it. She just well, yeah, but. yeah. Uh, it was it was weird though. It's enjoyable. I would recommend Leprechaun Four. <laughs> well, Tim, uh, that's a great issue. Here's my first issue this week. Here's what I don't get: the mobile game ecosystem. Mobile gaming is fast over outpacing real video games. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. Women. <laughs> Women cannot sit with an idle second 
And if they've browsed all of their Instagrams, they've looked at all the Snapchats, they've posted 15 selfies of what they're doing, they've checked everything on Facebook, and they they now have they, they can't post on Twitter because they, they can't think of anything to say because they're women. Uh, they're like, well, I need I can't allow the thoughts of how I have disappointed my family and how I secretly want to fuck my dad in in. I need something to distract myself uh-huh. for the 35 seconds that I'm waiting on this uh, in this line at the grocery store. So they go to mobile games. And I went I went like a good two or three years without any games on my phone just because I had better things yeah, to do. Yeah. But anyway, I saw this ad pop up for a game called Ebony. And it would look like this cool puzzle game where you kill monsters by using um, like in map uh, obstacles to you know cause them to die. But then I think the- we've all it's like a it's like a um, it's like a slice of a house and there's like a treasure in one room. Yeah. And you have to get your character to the treasure room, but By like your character's these. retarded. Yeah. So all he can do is run in one direction at a time. That's the other thing is that like all these puzzles would be fixed if I could just make the guy stop running for <laughs> half a second. So anyway, I was like, that looks like something that I could do for five minutes while I'm waiting yeah. for a thing to happen. So I downloaded it and it turns out it's not a puzzle game. It's fucking Farmville. But you know, whatever, still something to kill some time with. So I started playing, you know, you build little things, you click buttons, you wait. That's the game. Yeah. That's the game. And then every level you get to play a few more puzzles. And every time I got to play the puzzles, I was like, this is dope. This is why, this is why I want to play this game. Cause I like, I like the little puzzle games to solve a thing, but so many of them are just cancer. And this is the problem with the ecosystem is that, these games are designed to get whales. They're not designed yep. for people like you or me who just want something to kill you know, time, kill, kill five minutes while you're in a waiting room or while you're, or even like if you're, you know, like playing it once a day. Yeah. One, once a day, something to fiddle around with while you're in a college class and you don't want to pay attention to what the teacher's doing. That that's why these, these games exist. And so I I'd been playing for like, I don't know, three weeks now, maybe. And a kill event happened, which most of the time, if you PVP, you don't really kill anybody. But when they do kill events, uh, you will just have all of your troops wiped out. So you either have to buy protection bubbles from the store mm. or once you've been killed, you have to spend a bunch of money to get yourself back to your same strength level. Yeah. And I that happened to a bunch of guys in this alliance that I was invited to, and I was like, "Well, if that happens to me, I'm not fucking playing this game anymore. Like, I'm not, I'm not spending a dot. I have not spent any money on the Google Play Store outside of uh, the couple of sound apps, sound mixing apps that I use for work. That's it. I don't buy tokens or yeah. ISO eight or whatever <laughs> coins, gems, bucks." Mad bucks. I don't buy any of that. Yeah. If your game is unplayable, if unless I'm paying, it's not a game that I want to play because I'll pay $60 for a real game. Oh, I, I, I no, I guess I did. I spent like five bucks on uh grand theft auto three. Oh, that's an actual game. Phone, but that's an actual game. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was fucking forever ago. Uh, so I, you know, I've, I've probably spent less than 
$30 on sure. these different apps that I've used for productivity and Grand Theft Auto 3. And then maybe I bought San and no, I think I, I think it's just Grand Theft Auto 3. Anyway, that's a real game. These games aren't real games. They're just time killers and they're designed to, to waste your time. And mm-hmm. it was very, it started to become clear as I moved up that, you know, in a, in a normal game, like for instance, Batman Arkham city, one yeah. of my favorite games of all time. I know people think it's Skyrim. It's not, <laughs> uh, Batman Arkham City, right? As you grow in levels, the game becomes... Harder. No, easier. Because you get better gadgets to do things, so you're able to solve puzzles faster, you're able to I, I take, got you. go I, through I, encounters, and you're getting better at it. Sure, but, but also the difficulty goes up. The difficulty, But not so much so. Yeah, the difficulty does go up, but I think it only goes up to a certain threshold, and mm-hmm. then you're kind of on a down... Like Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once you're once you're at the point where the uh, convicts have taken over the areas of the city, you've pretty much unlocked all of your gadgets, and you've gotten pretty good at working your combos and your gadgets into your combos and being able to chain stuff together to where you just you'll do these, and that's why they have to make the convict strongholds bigger and harder yes. because you will just blast through all of that shit. Well, this game, the higher you get into it, stuff just takes exponentially more yep. time, yep. which is to get you to spend money. And that's what I don't get in the ecosystem. So anyway, Sunday night, I went to bed with a hundred thousand uh, troops and a bunch of generals. And s- Monday morning I woke up and I had no troops. They'd all been killed and no generals. They'd all been killed. And I was like, yeah, I'm not interested in spending time to get back to this. If, if you guys can just go like, all right, on Saturday, on Sunday, everyone is going to be killed. Unless you pay us money. It's extortion. And, yeah, I, and, yeah. I, and I don't like that ecosystem. So I just, I just, I met, I messaged the alliance that I was in. I was like, hey, I'm moving my city to just south of the, uh, of the like square that is gives, cause that gives everyone the buff. Yes. I don't want to be in their buff zone. I moved myself just to south of that. I opened all of my resources. So I had over a hundred million resources and everything. And then I left the alliance. And I was like, I delete, I dismissed all my generals, dismissed all my troops. I took down all my defenses and I was like, come attack me and steal all the shit. Cause I'm fucking uninstalling this game. And I uninstalled the game and I'm done. Cause this mobile ecosystem is just designed to get these whales who will pour four ninety nine every week into yeah. a, a, ge- a best value gem package to level up your things, unlock special characters, get this and that fuck off. I don't, want to do any of that you work for me i don't work for you (laughs) and it's it's gotten so much worse than it it was when the mobile games started because they used to be mobile games are free and there'd be ads it's like okay you know that's fine but then they charge way too much like a mobile game is worth a dollar that's it uh they have all these puzzle games and the the puzzle games all suck because you'll do like two puzzles and then it'll go oh now we need to uh show you a video, a 30 second video ad that you can't skip. And it's on full fucking volume. Despite the fact that you have your phone muted, you have all the settings in the app muted, which is fucking miserable. The ad is designed. So the X is always in a different corner and the X doesn't work half the time. So you end up clicking into the Google play store. Like as if I'm going to be trying to close, 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 close. Oh, well I opened the Google play store. I guess I might as well install this and (laughs) spend a hundred dollars. Fuck off. Oh, but you can, you can unlock no ads for five 99. Like your game's not worth fucking. 599 it's not worth nothing you're just wasting my time mm-hmm. it and the fact that 
Google's totally okay with this. Like they're they want to go and regulate all internet speech to not allow right wingers a platform. They want to hide the fact that there's a big pro, big protest going on in Australia with the truck drivers mm-hmm. by not reporting on any, not letting the reports on that come to the top of the feed. But they can't go in and be like, hey, if you want to put a fucking ad on a mobile game on the Android platform, the X needs to be in the upper right hand corner and needs to be clickable within five seconds. And the video ads need to follow the sound settings of the actual game settings. You guys could do that. You could could solve this problem for everybody, but you won't. You because they gotta get they want their cut. Sure. Because I'm sure they get thirty percent of every dollar any of these things generate. These ads are just the ads are miserable, the ecosystem's miserable, none of the apps are any good, they're infested with cancer. Uh it would be worth it if I could download an APK. That was one thing about Ebony that I enjoyed was that there were no ads in it. It, it would constantly pop up. Every time you opened it, it would pop up, be like, best value gem yeah, package. Yeah, the ads were for itself. Yeah. It's like, I would I just hit X in the corner and it was gone. And then it wouldn't bother me again. Uh, and the whole bait and switch, like, here's this ad of this fun puzzles game. Ah, it's actually Farmville. And there's, I guess that's, Fucking every mobile game. It's now every is mobile just Farmville. Game yeah, you guys can't come up with something better. The only yeah, there's there's Farmville, and then there's the um, I don't even know what to call it. It's uh, I see the ridiculous ads that are like make a baby with a prince, and like oh, what do you pick A, B, or C? Yeah, yeah, these crazy ones. Who the fuck is playing that shit? I don't know. You know I and the the unlock free ad free stuff you can't even get to most of these puzzle games they start out so horrifically easy yeah that you can blast through the first hundred levels in minutes but they're for four-year-olds and it's like why would i pay 3.99 to unlock ads when none of this is enjoyable like, yeah la- launch me up to level 500 let's see what <laughs> maybe then i'd be willing to spend again a dollar but you've poisoned you've poisoned the game so eff- effectively that I don't want to unlock the ad-free version because all of this is sucked up to this point, so I'm ready to just uninstall and find the next game. Yep. I I I miss the good old simple times of games. Like one of my favorite games of all time for mobile phones was uh Jelly Car. Do you remember the Jelly Car? No. You pushed forward on the screen to make the car drive forward and you pressed backwards to make the car drive backwards and it would be like this obstacle course you had to get through but then you tap the car and the car would get big or small. Huh. So you and it would it could like stick to some surfaces and it wouldn't stick to other surfaces but it was it was like a a little adventure platformer but also a uh but also it worked as a racing game puzzle game because oh, you, had to, you yeah, had to figure sure. out how to i guess it, yeah you had to figure out how to spin the car in just the right way because you could you would spin it i think mm-hmm. by tilting spin the car in just the right way so that it'd land after a jump in the right spot or gotcha or get big to, to accelerate down a hill and then get small as you took the ramp mm-hmm. so that your mass would make you go yeah. further that kind of stuff that was a lot of fun yeah physics puzzle platformer. it was a physical puzzle platformer yeah, yeah. and you know, it had no ads, and this was this was like, was, I think this was one of the first smartphone mobile games. It, yeah, it was on yeah. um, the original iPhone, and then on Android. I think Android got Jelly Car Two, where there were multiple different car types and stuff. And I remember playing playing that a bit when I first got my mm-hmm. first smartphone. I was like, hey, this is fun, and it's just gone downhill. They want they want you to install that 
I, I thought, you know, it'd be nice if there was a, uh, like a steam thing where I can install games through that and just block all the ads the way brave browser blocks all the ads <laughs> yeah but that does exist it's google play games which i don't even have installed because i don't need achievements for fucking around on my phone <laughs> man imagine that you spend 500 hours in the messaging app this month yeah just 25 gamer points unlocked it's just a miserable ecosystem and people think that and and the worst part is that uh, real games are following this model with yeah. the, the loot box. Oh yeah. Uh, so if you play, if you get 500 points in the competition this month, you'll get a special loot box, which could have, mm-hmm. and then they pu- fucking put that shit in real games or I mean, it's the reason the microtransactions and stuff. It's the reason I played so much destiny too. Yeah. It's all it's for the, it's for the loot. Yeah. I just want I don't want but at least like I could put that loot on on my dude and or equip it and shoot cool shit out of it. I don't want Skyrim for my phone, but I I think that the mobile game experience lends itself. Do they have don't they have that? Like uh, Blades was that was Yeah, there was a Blades. Yeah. I don't I never played it. Uh I'm I but I know that the mobile platform lends itself to different types of games mm-hmm. and different types of gaming and I wish people would take advantage of that in a way that isn't just how can we get the most the maximum number of ads into your face uh yeah forever um I was thinking of uh cuz the other thing the other, the other one that I've been seeing a lot lately are these ads for games where it's like get paid money to play games. And the guy's like, I played candy crush for two minutes and I made a hundred dollars. And then like those games are designed to where you can never actually earn like, Oh yeah. You can deposit to PayPal when you get $10 worth of game credits and you get to like $9 and 50 cents. And it's like, you just never get another dollar, uh-huh. another cent. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, it is weird. And and it's weird that people fall for that. It's like, yeah. how, why would you ever possibly <laughs> think that they're going to give Just you give money? give you free money. That's not the way anything works. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, I'm sure that maybe some people have, right? But my bet would be that after you spend $20 on in-game token credits to get unlock special power-ups then suddenly you get a ten dollar paypal credit it's like yes i got my ten dollar paypal credit it only cost me ten dollars fuck yeah i I remember i got back into playing marvel puzzle quest Mm -hmm. uh earlier this year and part of the reason i got back into it is because or part of the reason i kept playing when i when i got back into it was the alliance i joined because uh, I was part of a, just like a regular alliance the first, when I was super into it. But when I came back, of course, I got kicked out for no, inactivity. For in, in, inactivity. And so I just like, you know, I went to go join another one and I clicked on one that had 29 out of 30 members. And I was getting the fucking the, the highest um, level of uh, currency daily. Like the big boy, big boy bucks. I was getting big boy bucks daily, and yeah. it was, this was fucking awesome. It was like you're. It's like it was command points yeah. in uh, Puzzle Quest. It was like you get one command point a day, whereas the other, like I, like I rarely got one in the other 
uh, alliance ever. And I'm getting one a day, three, three, you know, someone, someone spent a hundred bucks on a pack. Here's three command points. I'm like, holy shit. These guys are great. <laughs> you guys are all retarded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they kicked you out because you well, were no, spending enough is, money. Well, no, I hit the wall where like I was getting um, cool shit, but didn't have like enough like slots for for it. Mm. And I and the slots cost a different currency that yep. I wasn't getting. Uh, and you can't convert between the two. Of course them. not. Such so such a stupid. I think the Marvel Puzzle Quest had ISO eight. Yeah, red ISO uh, coins. Uh, Command points uh, and shards, and yeah. I think, and those are the ones like you that you like you can buy with currency. That's not counting like the in-game like consumable stuff. Yeah, health packs and uh, uh, all that stamina kind of, and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. yeah, the revives the way the games like uh, obfuscate the economics of it where if you buy a hundred coins you can buy a hundred coins for five dollars mm-hmm. or you can buy twelve hundred coins for for ten dollars it's like so what's a coin worth is a coin a, you know a coin like a nickel or yeah. is a coin four and a half cents oh it depends on how many you buy uh, or the like the, the yeah like the weird monetization like oh here's a right we're having an, an in-game event here's a new character yeah. oh sweet uh, well, your, your character slots are full. You have to pay us money to unlock a new character slot. Like I got to pay you money for a free thing you just gave me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get you. And so I have to now go back and like go through which one of my guys is worth deleting. Uh, I got to find which one of my guys is worth deleting. Like, Oh, I haven't used this guy in forever, but he's rare, which is why I'm keeping him. Or like, I could delete this guy. I've pu- I've pumped a bunch of free shit into, but he's pretty strong for what level he is. You know, it's uh. yeah. You can you, you can never win. Um, that's why I prefer the single player experience, like a like a mahjong game. You can just log. One of my favorite game types of all time is Brick Breaker. I love right? Brick Breaker. You just move the paddle back and forth. Yep. I have played every fucking Brick Breaker game that's on the Google Play Store. That and combined they all with all suck. Uh, yeah, they're all terrible. Yeah. Uh, they brick- all try and add stupid mechanics that don't work, mm-hmm. or they have just add cancer, or yeah. like the ball moves too slow, or the ball moves too fast, and it's just. I, Endlessly I, aggravating. I prefer over Brick Breaker. I prefer the like the shooter kind. The bubble shooter. Bubble shooter. Yeah, I don't like the bubble shooter as much. I it, had one when I had like my phone that was on Android like two point two. I had a like a thick. You know, back when they were, the phones weren't so sleek, mine had a full um, keyboard keyboard that you could slide out. Slide out, uh, and it had, that one had arrow keys on it. Yeah, which was awesome for gaming. But uh, back in Android 2.2, there was not a whole lot of games. But I remember having like a bubble shooter on that one that was like no frills, no ads. Yeah. Uh, like had like an endless mode that you just turn, you just hit endless mode and just play and play until yeah. you're dead. Yeah. I had um, in high school, I had Palm Pilot. Yeah. And yeah. I had a ton of games. Like I had all the old Yahoo Flash games on there, like the uh, the one where you shot the rockets off and bejeweled mm-hmm. uh bubble shooter there was one that was like dinosaur eggs but it was just a bubble shoot it was just a fancy bubble shooter and the great thing about that was i downloaded all those apps off the internet and i could share them between devices for free like there was no there was no money involved like yeah. people just made games 
I had Battleship. I had this. I had ba- I had a Battleship game, right? That you could play between two devices via infrared communication. So Tim would be sitting there with his uh-huh. Palm Pilot, and I have mine, and we'd be playing Battleship back and forth. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. There was one game that was like Risk, I guess, or I don't know. I don't know. It was a Star Trek game where you could choose to be uh, Federation, Vulcan, Ferengi, or Borg, and every or maybe it was Cardassian. Everyone had a different um, special ability, yeah. right? And on your turn, you could fi- you could attack, you could move, or you could. Uh, and when you attack, you could choose like phasers or torpedoes. And phasers, if you know they were anywhere in the line, they get damaged. But torpedoes, it had to directly hit. Yep. And so you would choose what you were going to do, and then the moves would all happen simultaneously. So if someone mm. had chose to move, you were fucked. Yeah. And like Federation ships had to move through all the squares, but Borg ships could just transwarp between squares that was their big power cool. up. it was a lot of fun it was a fun game uh they could attack where they would just hold you in place that was their attack and then they could also laser cut you it was a it was a fun little game but it cost nothing and the, that ecosystem doesn't exist anymore it's all driven yeah. by ads or you have to pay too much for a game that you don't even know if you want yep and it's not like you can get refunds on any of this shit fuck them just pisses me off i wish and, the, and the, that's the future of gaming. And people think that they're, you know, people will say that they're gamers and like, what do you play? Like I play, you know, 15 mobile games. I play this game until I run out of stamina. And then I uh-huh. switch to this game yeah. until I run out of stamina. And I just switch back and forth between those two. Like, why don't you get a life <laughs> or an Xbox? Oh, that's my issue. The mobile game ecosystem. And uh, that brings us to the middle of our episode, which means it's time for this episode is brought to you in part by... The Ricky the News Network. Definitely not fake news. Well, Tim, what news do we have today? Uh, our first news story comes to us from our neighbors up north in Canada, um, specifically Vancouver. Um, the uh, city of Vancouver just won a uh, a uh, a negligence case against a. Uh, a driver that was suing them for thousands of dollars worth of damage inflicted on his vehicle via a pothole. Mm. Um, uh, the, the city one, the city one. Um, so this guy says that it was, uh, it was at night and it was raining and he was driving through a, a road in Vancouver. Uh, and he ran through multiple potholes that, uh, immediately punctured both driver's side tires. Okay. Uh, so he was, he was, uh, claiming $5,000 of damage to his car. Yeah. Um, the, uh, of course the court found that, uh, the court found that, uh, he failed to prove the city was negligent because it quote, uh, didn't know about these specific potholes. Everybody says, you're a libertarian. If there's no taxes, who's going to pay for the roads? I don't care. Yeah. Nobody's going to pay for the roads. We don't fucking need them. Everyone will just drive off road. We'll just ride horses again. Fucking unbelievable. Yeah. It's, ne- it's the, the defendant, the, uh, the plaintiff is negligent. And here's the other fucking thing. Uh, so he sues the city mm-hmm. and they go to the court. What do the court and the city both have in common? <laughs> what the fuck? 
Yeah. You should have called us and told us that these potholes exist before you ran through them in your car. You fucked up. Yeah, no, this is what they said. They said uh, the city's policy when it comes to fixing road defects is to wait until a complaint is filed. Uh, they, they, they quote react. They quote, uh, let's see. They address roadway defects on a reactive basis when they're reported as opposed to carrying out formal periodic inspections of roadways. <laughs> how, how silly, how silly to think that you people should do your fucking yeah, job. Yeah. They're your roads. You should be looking at them now and again to see how they're doing the same way. The same way. If your roof just suddenly caved in, and your insurance company was like, well, did you, did you not notice the log that's been on your yeah. roof for two years? Uh, no, I didn't. It's, it's on the Google maps picture of your house. <laughs> yeah. I guess I just never noticed they, they would not pay that claim out because yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah. You go look at your fucking roads and fix them. Everyone involved in that case, aside from the plaintiff should be taken out in the street and shot right in the back of the fucking head, taken out to the pothole. Boom. And then use their bones, crush their bones, and fill the fucking pothole in with that, you sons of bitches. Guy doesn't get any money. All those people dead. Judge, dead. Bailiff, dead. Stenographer, dead. Mayor, dead. City councilors, dead. Contractors, dead. Everybody who is involved in that pothole. God, I need I need to be given ultimate like spiritual God power so I could just <laughs> fucking smite these types of people as soon as they fuck up. Uh, what's our next news story? Uh, our next news story uh, comes from a celebrity. Now I know it's how you're not uh, hip with the uh, with the cool kids. Yeah, in the modern times, definitely not. As they say, uh, but you might have heard of this name. This is a, a famous rapper. His name is Lil Uzi Vert. Uh, no, I've never heard that name. Well, um, a couple. This was. I don't think this was this year. No, it was. It was very early this year. He um, made the rounds in the news headlines for getting a $24 million uh, pink diamond surgically implanted into his forehead. Okay. <laughs> so he's retarded? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, it's a, it was a, yeah, $24 million natural pink diamond uh, that he had been paying for four years. He'd been paying it off for four years. Uh, well, he got it surgically embedded into his forehead, and apparently he was doing some crowd surfing at a recent music festival when someone yanked it out of his forehead. <laughs> uh, he was at he was at rolling the Rolling Loud Festival, and he jumped into the crowd, and someone just ripped it out of his face, which uh, I found I find hilarious. That is incredible. Uh, it's the peak of, um, cause I, I don't know that like, like the, the old way to show off like your money as a rapper was like, Hey, I've got all these gold chains around my neck. Right. And, and diamonds and I've got all this yeah. bling. But once you like start like surgically implanting it into yourself, you're just asking for trouble. Uh, well, our next news story, I thought you should sue that doctor because he did not do a good job. <laughs> well, that's the thing is if you want to surgically implant a, th this is, uh, I, I would show you the picture, but I just, um, the diamond was about this tall. Oh, like it a was battery. a big ass fucker. Uh, it's a, it was a $24 million diamond for a reason. Um, 
Yeah, the, the reason is because diamonds are scams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, our next news story, I thought you might find this interesting. Uh, some psychiatrists have recently identified a new mass sociogenic illness that has spread through social media. Um, is it called long haul China virus? <laughs> no. Uh, in... 2019, a high number of teenagers pre-diagnosed with Tourette syndrome started showing up in a specialized uh, clinic in Germany, but none of them actually had Tourette's. Uh, all the patients presented with identical stereotype Tourette-like s- symptoms, um, uh, but they didn't actually have it. So it, it led to the diagnosis of mass sociogenic illness uh, and they found the thing that all these kids had in common was watching a certain specific YouTube channel. Oh, really? Yes. Um, uh, let's see. Um, months before uh, all these kids were diagnosed, uh, it was it's Germany's second most successful YouTuber. Um, he, he, he acts in the way that these kids had started to act. Ah, so they, they're just imi- imitating him like monkeys. Yeah. Um, There's only one cure, a 7.5 gram copper injection <laughs> into the forehead. Um, he has these like Tourette, like ticks. Um, uh, let's see the number of symptoms in particular, uh, were uh, the the different d- d- use of different swear words like he would the Tourette's like using mm-hmm. of uh, of curse words, um, but yeah, like they you know they figured out that most people when they have Tourette's you know the their their ticks are very highly personalized yeah um, but all these these kids were were ticking in the same way. They were all doing the floss dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're calling this. Um, uh, a mass sociogenic illness. Uh, I've got another name for it. Uh, being fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, it's an illness, I guess, because they're doing something that they think they don't want to do yeah i i don't think so i think it's no different than following any trend yeah like if if you started wearing sunglasses you know the ray-ban sunglasses they wear in men in black or the cool morpheus mm-hmm. sunglasses from the matrix i think that and caught on it it's it's just uh i think part of it is like you know we uh we change our language and vocabulary just you know, as we're growing up, based on who we're around, who we're around, and what we like and stuff. Um, well, our last last news story comes from the home of the brave, the land of the free. That's right, Sweden, China. Uh-huh. Uh, I think you might have you, you might have heard about this, but um, the Chinese government is cracking down on movies and TV. Uh, they are, um. They are boycotting, uh, and which means outlawing. Yeah. Um, quote, sissy idols and effeminate men. Oh yeah. From all of their media. 
Um, so it's good news. We might get some like actual male action heroes again. Yeah. Uh, instead of Robert Pattinson as Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, the they're the the guy these new guidelines is what they're calling them. Uh guidelines in the sense of like, oh, uh comrade, you broke the guideline, uh you get to go to the gulag. Yeah, you get to go hang out with the guy that stood in front of the tanks. <laughs> um uh calls for the marginalization of people who have broken laws also mm. or whose past behavior has gone against public order and morals and for bans on uh idol audition shows oh which uh i no mean more I'm, all, Idol. I'm all for uh i think a couple months ago they just or maybe, maybe it was last month they decided to do the same thing with movies if you're going to screen a movie uh in china it has to be uh it can't have any anti-chinese sentiment in it. of course not so even if it's an old even if it's an if it's a new screening of an older movie before yeah. this before this was in fact just crazy yeah. but um you know, that's, we have to look to them for where what we're allowed to do in Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been the Ricada News Network. Definitely not fake news. And that takes care of our legal obligation this week. But, you know, it doesn't take care of Tim uh, getting us more money so we can make a movie for China where we put the mo- make the movie all about how great China is. But then we put in a subliminal audio track that lets everyone know that China is asshole. Asshole. <laughs> Uh, if you want to help us with that, you can visit us at patreon.com forward slash HWIDG, which stands for... Here's what I don't get. Which is the name of the show. And over there, we have five tiers. We have the one buck tier, which gets you early access to each episode, plus our monthly mini-sodes and video episodes. We have our $2 tier. We throw the random bits and bobs we do here and there. We have our $5 tier where we do our bonus episodes. Here's what I do get. We drop the hate and talk about what's great. We have our $10 tier where you, the fans, submit a film. You vote and on it and we will sit down and watch and record a financially commentary this month the uh what are they nominees are black dog the audition 1408 she's all that wishmaster 2 and maniac cop so go get your vote in as to what you want us to watch this september and we'll get that that uh video out uh then finally we have our $50 tier the spite producer tier where you get a say in the show you can demand guests demand special bonus episodes special movie commentaries uh band voicemailers limit voicemailers anything you want that we can fulfill we will do special video content uh it's all up to you you ha- you you get to get to have your say so Thank you to all our patrons, big and small, for supporting the yes, show. We really do appreciate it. We hope you enjoy all this extra content we try and put out to uh, make it worth your while. But uh, let's get back to some issues, Tim. Tim, what is your second issue this week? Here's what I don't get. Uh, a lack of visible artistry. Um, here's here's how this came up. Uh, last movie night that I was there, so last week's. So, yeah. Um, we put on an episode of Scooby-Doo for some reason. Yes, we did. Uh, it was because it showed up in the search results from the Matrix, I think. Yeah, and it was just like, hey, let's watch Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Like old-ass 60s yeah, Scooby-Doo. the original Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, where are you? It was yeah. entertaining. It was the one where they go to an island because Scooby inherits a million uh, Confederate dollars. Confederate money, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but here's the thing, right? We were watching it on 
Trucking and Tuckin's big HD TV. Yeah, 4K TV. 4K TV. Yeah. And it was a modern, like, HD scan, scan of yeah. Scooby Doo. And watching Scooby Doo in HD on an HD TV, you can see all the flaws yeah. um, that went into it. And it was fucking great. You can see all the bits of like uh, hair in the print, hair in the print, or the and, layers, or yeah. the like um, left like a like a like dots of paint on the cell that were outside of you know the part that was supposed to be colored in. Yeah, all that shit, and it just reminds you that like some fucking dude had like, to draw had to all of their movements. Yeah, all of that tw- twelve times a second yeah. for the stuff that was moving. Um. And I hate that we've gotten to this point in media and movies where we've moved away. We everything has to be so sterile and clean yeah. that we've moved away from like being able to show like the artistry behind stuff. And it's not like you. It's not that you can have an amazing looking modern movie with modern um, like techniques. Uh, you you can have that and still like show like something that like feels like that it was made by humans. Yeah. Um. So for all the bad shit I said about Zombie Land Two mm-hmm. in my first issue, uh, I'm getting a call. Yeah. Um. Well, you should answer it. Yeah. Uh, oh. Um. There was one scene that really stood out. Yeah. Uh, the gang makes their way to Graceland because uh, Woody Harrelson loves Elvis. Graceland has been destroyed. Oh, He's no. upset. They go on their way. Oh, but hey, here's this, like this kitschy Elvis hotel. So they stop at the Elvis hotel. That's where Rosario Dawson lives, and that's where they meet. And it's all about Elvis, and he loves Elvis. So he's great. He's he's uh, he's super happy. They meet the uh, like the. Uh, Bizarro crew um, there and um, there's a scene where a bunch of zombies uh, attack the hotel. Um, These are the cool new strong zombies that the movie has introduced. I didn't say anything about that, but they, they say that there's the, there's the dumb zombies. They call them homers because they act like Homer Simpson. Um, And then there's the uh, Hawkins, because they're smart, the smarter zombies. But now there's the new T-800 zombie. They're, they literally call them T-800s. But they're zombies that have evolved to... That's because you're in level two. You have to have <laughs> a higher level enemy now. Because uh, you unlocked the shotgun yes, already. Yeah. Uh, there's zombies that have evolved to just like go after their prey no matter what. They won't stop until that brain is, has been exploded. They can't be bargained with or reasoned yes. with. So these zombies attack the hotel and it's, uh, and they do a one shot action scene. Nice. Uh, and I was expecting it to be along the, once it started going, I was like, Oh, I see what they're doing. I was expecting it to be along the lines of like the Kingsman movies. Cause like, Oh, there's, where there's a bunch of hidden cuts. Yeah, yeah. So there's the first the they did it they did it well in the first Kingsman movie. Yes. In the church. Yes. To Freebird. That was done very well. They did it again the second one in like that diner on the 
fucking weird island yeah, and near the end. Like shit. And it looks like shit. It was terrible. This was way closer to the church. And I think he's, he's even, it, hide, it hit its cuts better than that did. Yeah. It, this was a great scene. It had had the best action like of the whole movie outside of the whole one cut stuff. Um, there are like, uh, there's a point where, uh, Woody Harrelson is like, uh, decapitating zombies with this, like Elvis's Gretsch guitar. Um, there's like, there's, they're doing slides and jumping over tables and like running through this hotel while killing zombies. And it's, it's really good. It's the highlight of that movie. It's like the scene in, uh, of the Marvel's, the Avengers when, we follow and see the yes. entire team yes. during like the whole working battle together. all in one shot. Yeah. And you see like the little team ups that happen here and yep. there. And like, that was what that movie was made to be. Yes. This moment where you can, cause where you'd see in the comics, it'd be a big panel of the battlefield and you'd see everybody like doing their power move at the same time. But here were you able to finally like see that all in motion yeah. where, you know, Iron Man lands and blasts Captain America's shield who uses it to reflect through a bunch of guys yeah. and Hulk stabs a thing in and Thor hammers it down. Like it, it's a great moment in that movie. That's what this scene was. Yeah. It was it was great. In an otherwise bad movie. In an otherwise pretty bad movie. Um you know, they, there's there's the one when they try to do when they do one shots, there's one hidden cut. I think is it's it's the most obvious hidden cut, but also I think to me it's the most um, probably the most used, but also it's the most it's the most uh, forgi- forgivable one, which is the the room cut, the wall cut. Uh, you know where you go where from you one go room to the other, the next, yeah. and you just use the black of the of the inside of the wall to paste the two scenes together. And I think they use that twice or three times in it, uh, but. I think there's only like one other visible cut that I saw in a pretty lengthy fight scene. Yeah. And it's the longest fight scene in the movie outside from the, the last big, you know, bombastic action scene. Um, yeah. I, on the visual, the lack of artistry and talking about animation, you know, when we're watching the old Scooby-Doo, you can tell, okay, that bookcase is going to slide away. Yeah, yeah, because it's it, all cartoons. You can, you, you, can, you can tell. Yeah. Not so much anymore, but no. everything's done in the computer, so all, everything matches. It's all ex- rendered and mm-hmm. exported at the same time versus, okay, one artist comes in and draws a background with a hole in the wall because there's going to be a hole in the wall. And then the artist drawing the character work, he's doing the character and cutting out where the, the fact that he's in the tub, but he also has to have this piece of wall here the whole time. So it can yeah. move and reveal the the ghost. Uh, and that doesn't happen anymore. And so everything looks clean and sterile with the new Scooby-Doo specifically or any all really all animation. Yeah. And uh, so my sister posted on Instagram this comic that she drew about her purse. She has this purse that looks like a chicken. And it was, you know, she bought it several years ago and she's had it for forever and it's like just worn out. Mm -hmm. And so she did, took some time and cleaned it up, got it clean and nice and repaired the like tears that were forming in it. And then the next day she goes to a Goodwill store and finds a brand new chicken purse. <laughs> so there's this nice little, it was this nice little comic that she drew and she has this fun art style. 
And uh, I was like, hey, are you, are you going to do any more of this? You, you should do a webcomic. And she was like, yeah, I'd like to do a webcomic, but I don't like doing digital art. And I would I'd rather do it all by hand and then scan it in. And I was like, yeah, you, one, one that's of my, exactly what you should do. One of my favorite uh, art, that's, that's one, one of my favorite uh, comic artists does. Yeah. All black and white, all by hand scanned in. Yeah. She does color in hers, but, but yeah. And whereas... You can go in and go, oh, this this is not this guy's not quite this right shape for this frame. Mm-hmm. You can go, okay, delete this line, redo it, and you can't do that in. I mean, at that point, you, it's like you, you scratch do, this page. You can do multiple pages, yeah, yeah, but there's there's just something there's more of a human element in there. Not yeah. to not to shit on digital artists because no, I, no, of course not. But but that's, that's the thing is like you can still do digital art. Yeah. And make something that doesn't seem like everything else. And um, even if it's not the entire um, work, you know, like, like Zombieland, I know that there's hundreds of people that worked on that movie and, and, you know, and I, but, but that scene, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about that until that scene Yeah, and thinking of like how you would actually do all this. Yeah, that's when I do sound design stuff as often as possible. Not always. I have a huge sound library mm-hmm. of stuff I've found from other people. But as often as possible, I will do my own Foley to create the sound effect that I want. If I can't find exactly what I want, I'll, I'll layer in stuff and there's post-processing. Yeah. But I'm trying to keep that human element that if if push came to shove, would I be able to do this same show with a table full of shit? Yeah. Um. And yeah, most of the time the answer is no, but when the answer is yes, that's pretty fucking cool. I, I wish I do. I do wish that there was more value in a 90% perfect work Mm -hmm. that has that human element compared to a a hundred percent perfect work that is just completely devoid of all life. I mean, that's why all the, all of our content sucks is because it's so, analyze and overdriven and push to the point of that's why all the Marvel costumes, the costume design in Marvel movies yeah. sucks ass. Cause they all just look like the same fucking tech tactical leather over texture line. Yeah, yeah. Garbage. It's like, there's no, there's no design happening anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like um, Alex Ross. Yeah. You know, he didn't do he didn't do anything digital until like the last couple of years. Or um Godzilla versus you know, Godzilla Returns and Godzilla Biolante that we watched. Yeah. Yeah. Uh they're goofy dumb movies and you can tell obvious miniature work and stuff, but I enjoyed both of those movies so much more than any of the Godzilla 2014 or mm. King Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah. Because there was, there, like, this is a guy in a suit. Yeah, this is an optical laser effect. These are miniature boats. These are, but all of that stuff worked to make the movie more real yeah. than this perfect looking there, Godzilla and King Kong destroying a perfect looking Tokyo or Hong Kong yeah. in perfect replication with all the particle physics and stuff. Yeah. But it just but it's a movie. It looks empty. Yeah. Right? Like, if that was a, if you, if you're doing a documentary, 
right? I think a, a documentary is the only time in for a movie mm-hmm. where you're going for where you should be going for complete realism. Yeah. But even then, most people that watch documentary, well, most people, not these days, you should get, be able to watch a documentary and be like, and understand that like, let's say you're watching a documentary about the life and death of George Washington. You should be able to know that like, even as a documentary, it has a point of view and it didn't tell you every single thing. Yeah. Unless you watched it. 25 hour documentary. The Ken right? Burns documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should know that it has a point of view and that um while being about while being real and being about something real, that you know, it was crafted in a way to make you enjoy the documentary. Yeah. Um and we're moving to like all this photorealistic CG to make everything as photoreal as possible. Um but I think everyone knows you go into a movie, even, I mean, you learn this at a young age subconsciously with a, um, once you've learned that those are actors yeah, and you not have to suspend your disbelief, it's, 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 there's a level of suspension of disbelief that once you've learned that those are not actors, those are not people inside your television. And even once you pass that, they're not they're not doing this live every time you you turn the channel on, right? Yeah. Once you've learned that, there's a suspension of disbelief that goes into okay, this was made. Yeah. Um, and the, if the story's good, you can overlook. You know, watching the original Land of the Lost, mm-hmm. the dinosaurs are all claymation. Yeah. But when you the so first, was the, the fucking T eight hundred and the, the first Terminator movie. Yeah, the first time I watched Land of the Lost with my dad, I got it on he got a some amount of it on DVD. And I watched it and I was enthralled. Yeah, they were claymation dinosaurs and it looked a little hokey and there was this bad optical effect and stuff. But the story was good enough that I was just I was bought into what are these characters going to be doing? Or like what's the um Jason and the Argonauts? Yeah. With the the uh, Harry Harryhausen, Harry yeah, all the Harryhausen, Harryhausen. Yeah, yeah. I went to a museum exhibit that showed that was we looked at the original uh, armatures that allowed those models to mm-hmm. move, and they had recreated some of them because obviously all of the like soft stuff had rotted away over yeah, the years. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it was fascinating. It was more fascinating to see that stuff and then see the clips and understand the amount of work that went into it than it was just seeing it as a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I, if a movie is good enough and has an interesting enough story, I can just turn off my analytical brain and, yeah. and forgive that. Yeah. Neo looks like a plastic monster in <laughs> Matrix that's right. That's that that's was, a cool was, fight. This scene was though. also, I, I, that was, well, well, there was two things I was going to bring up that you just reminded me of. There's the matrix. We were watching before we watched Scooby Doo. We watched all three matrix movies. And when it got to the point in matrix reloaded, where it's that big fight scene with uh, Neo, gets that army of agent Smith's outside on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. We got to talking about like, Hey, remember all the bad CG in this? Guess what? That's like ten seconds of the of a yeah. five minute fight. Yeah, the rest of the fight still fucking awesome. Even that moment still awesome. It's still awesome. Even though it looks like like you know um, the CG from a like a PS2 um, games intro. Yeah. Right. Um, because like it's there's that's 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 you know people you know I've seen people really go to town on that 
fight scene because of the CG, but that CG ends up being 10 seconds of a long fight scene where like it's, it's muse like, and it's not, that's the other thing that CG doesn't come in until the last bit of the fight. Yeah. Um, it's it's the big moment that you couldn't do physically, really. Not back in two thousand and three. I don't think you could do it now. Where you want you want to put the camera on top of his head while he runs around a vertical pole, and you want to do a multiple oh, three hundred and sixty yeah, yeah. movement, but with I, I don't. You could you could, re, you could redo that now entirely in CG. Yes, and it would look great. It would I, look great. I don't. I'm thinking of how I would rig that. The thing, I, well, the thing is, it's it's not. It's not aligned to his. It's aligned to his body. Yeah, but um, it's above his head. It is, but it's aligned to his body as he's like whipping around this pole mm-hmm. way too fast for for a regular camera to like pick up any. Uh, you'd have to have a three hundred a, a circular track uh, with the rigging harness to hold him up vertically. Uh-huh. Uh, that rigging point has to be able to rotate around the central axis, which is the pipe. Yes. The pipe is buried into the ground. That, that's the easiest yeah. part. Yeah. And so you have that rigging harness needs to move in such a way that you can keep him picked without him, but also need to be able to set him down. Yeah. And so you can vary that, but it also needs to be able to rotate on a 360 degree track, which I think you could do with a motor, a motorized one now instead of a, yeah, of course. a true pulley system. But then the cables to run the motor have to be on a rotating armature so that they don't get twisted up. And every time you reset, you have to go back the number of rotations yeah, it takes. Yeah. And then you also probably have to motorize how fast both of those move so that you can get the hyperspeed. And it speeds you have up. to get 300 stuntmen to run in and get kicked in the face and fall back in exactly yeah. the right way. Like, there's just too many things in that moment. You might be able to do it these days, uh, yeah. but it would, be, it would be such a pain. Maybe, maybe you would do it in, in two passes, right? Where you do one where it's just him running. Yeah. And on a green screen, and then you get rid of the green screen with like a tape line, and you have a bunch of guys run in and, ju- and fall back, and you just layer those a bunch of times. Yeah. Actually, the, well, I think the stuntman might probably the easiest. Like, if anything, if any part, if any one part of that was to be CG mm-hmm. to look the best, it would be the stuntman. The the ones getting kicked away. Yeah, yeah, that's you could get away with that. Uh, but it's such a triumphant moment that when he jumps out of that and he like floats in the air for a second, then flies mm-hmm. off. It's awesome. Yeah. You're, you're totally bought in because yep. it's awesome. He, you know, there's, and I can look at that now and go, here's your, these are your choices. I understand mm-hmm. the physics, the physicality of doing it for real and doing it digitally and what you had to do for both ones to make them work. It's still, still an, it's a fine. It's movie. Still, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a good issue, Tim. Thank you. I can't agree with you more. Oh, well, real quick, the other thing I was going to bring up was a more recent movie, yeah. X Men: Days of Future Past. The Quicksilver scene. Yes, a lot of that like, CG. Yeah, but that a lot of it was practical. Yep, they really layered it. Yeah, yep, that is a great moment too. A lot of artistry went into that. Yeah. Uh, well, here's what I don't get: collectibles. So, as you know, Ghostbusters Afterlife is coming out here in a couple months. I think we might want to hit up Uncle Buck to do a before and after on that, because it's going to suck. Not uh, because it's a it's a too late reboot, it's because it's a Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, but I'm starting to see a lot of this stuff pour out where a long time ago, things were collectible because they were rare. Yes. 
Um, I think one of the earliest things that was like, this is collectible is that I can think of off the top of my head is baseball cards. Yeah. Right. Baseball cards came with a pack of gum. You bought gum and you got these cards, Mm -hmm. which was just advertising for the baseball teams and whatnot. And so you get some cards, you take them and you wrap them in a rubber band and you had your like ones and you trade your friends for them. Mm -hmm. And then, and that was in the thirties and forties and fifties, I guess, or forties and fifties. And then the eighties roll around and it's like, Hey, all of these baseball cards that you had as a kid are now worth a thousand dollars. If you did, you know, if you didn't real good care of them, you put yours in a lunchbox or something instead of putting them in a rubber band and you didn't lose them or your mom didn't throw them away. Mm -hmm. And so of these, like they just fucking printed out the Mickey Mantle rookie card. The first year he played, that's worth 10 grand or whatever they're worth. And so then what did they do? They started making collectible trading card games Yeah, where now you just buy packs of cards and there's nothing else in them. Yeah. I remember I had some of these from Star Trek The Next Generation Mm -hmm. and it's just pictures of stuff from the show. Yeah, I had some right up on the back. I had some Dragon Ball Z ones. I had some uh, Star Wars ones and those were the coolest because they were widescreen. They were like double double tall. Oh, I had some of those too. Yep. Yep. I remember those. And it's like, oh, well now we manufacture them with this algorithm of rarity. Rarity, yes. Pokemon was like that. And those, to me, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, those are slightly different in that there is, there is a, a, game a gaming aspect yeah. to it as opposed to just here are pictures of superheroes like these Marvel collectible. <laughs> and they even kept going with baseball cards. Yeah. And you know what they're all worth now? Fucking nothing. <laughs> uh, because there's nothing collectible about them. And I've seen this has just... It started there, I think, and then it's just wildfired its way through everything. Yep. Collectible di- editions of video games. Oh, get the steel case. I have the steel case of, uh, you know, Batman Arkham Knight, or I have the the I I have the collector's edition of Batman Arkham City that came with the statue. Yeah. But the only reason why I bought it was because it came with a bunch of the DLC preloaded. Mm-hmm. That was that was the reason why I was willing to pay forty more dollars versus yeah. the sixty dollars because like oh it came with an extra four Batman suits and uh the Robin DLC and the Catwoman DLC. And you get a free nice little statue. And yeah it's essentially a statue that I don't even know where that is anymore. <laughs> and a video game case that is it was in the back of an art book. So I can't yeah. even put it on the fucking shelf with the other video games. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I bought the Saints Row uh, I don't remember what the name of it was, but it was that was the most ridiculous collectible. The edition. presidential edition. Presidential edition. Yeah, yeah. Because it came with, and it it, uh, it honestly it felt funny. It felt perfectly in line with the game. <laughs> yeah. How ridiculous yeah, it's it was. Ridiculous. Because it came with a statue of Johnny Gat. It came with the dubstep gun. gun. It yeah. came with the uh a a like world detonation button. Uh-huh. But then the most ridiculous thing it came with was a plexiglass case that lit up and you put, and it sat inside a velvet bag, yeah, a purple velvet bag that you'd pull it down. You'd have this case that you'd set your video game copy in <laughs> and it was lit up and it would slowly a rotate. Lazy, a lazy season. Yeah. yeah. And I I pulled it out of the box to like look at it and like this is funny yeah and then I put it all back in the box and I think I might still have it I have the Batman I have this a similar thing from I remember Bar- seeing it when, when you moved 
Yeah. I bought it. I only bought it because it was on clearance on Amazon. Yeah. And it was, I want to say it was like 160 bucks or something when it first came. And it also came with, I think it Everything. came with all the DLC yeah. when it came out. Uh, I ended up buying it for like $80. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to buy Saints Row 4 anyway. 20 extra dollars, I get all this ridiculous stuff plus the DLC. Totally worth it. Yeah. The, the one I, I regret, the one I regret not buying was the Titanfall one collector's edition, yeah. which came with a huge fucking mech. I mean, like, like thir- yeah. four, four, 13, 14 inch tall mech. Uh, but they slap that collector's edition on there and they go, oh, this one's going to be worth something yeah. someday. Like, I really doubt my copy of Saints Row 4 is going to be worth anything. I mean, like, the like I could probably go find one on eBay, that, that mech. Oh, the Titanfall mech? Yeah, yeah. It, it might be worth, like, what what it was when it came out. Maybe, yeah. Uh, they, they. I remember they did this with DVDs, where it'd be like collectible direct director's collectible edition or something. Oh, I have. It's the, like this is the same one. There are thirty five copies of this in Suncoast. But yep. yeah, this is somehow I, collectible. My, my Gladiator DVD is uh, the like signature so, signature series with um, uh, what's his name, uh, uh Ridley Scott's signature on it. Of course, it's just printed onto a yeah DVD, a DVD slip. Yeah. Uh, official Saints Row Four Presidential Edition contents, new and new and sealed. Tim from Australia. Uh huh. What do you think it costs with shipping? Eighty. Oh, wish that's shipping from Australia. That's kind of. Yeah. I was just um, without shipping. I would say eighty bucks. Fifty one ninety five. Wow, less than that's less than the full price of the plain game, version of the game. Game of the Generation Edition. That's what it is. Ah, because uh, here's one that's uh, here's one that's two twenty nine ninety five, but there's only one of them, and it's buy it now. So mm-hmm. I have to go with it's not actually worth that <laughs> two fifty. It's. The Funko Pop phenomenon yeah. is all oh collect collect your favorite guys from Funko Pop and there are these people who have sh- you know the way I have this this shelf full of whiskey yeah they have shelves of these Funko yeah. Pops that do fucking nothing you know at least my shelf of whiskey I can pull a bottle off it I can talk a little bit yeah. about it what what's in it what it's made from what type it is and then I can pour you a drink and you can take a sip and go like wow that's smooth which is the only metric to judge whiskey by is whether or not it's smooth. <laughs> The uh, and or make a cocktail or something, yeah. you know. I'm able, I'm able, that is a conversation yeah, piece. Yeah. If I walked into someone's house and they had a shelf like that full of Funko Pops, I'd be like, Wow, you like Funko Pops? Yep, I don't have any more questions <laughs> for you. Yeah, like I have way too many books, yeah, sitting in my bookcase, but I can do something with them. You can read them, I can lend them to you. Yeah. I could, you know, you can put your Nicholas Cage fan club cards in them and mail <laughs> yeah. them to a friend. Yeah, the, there is nothing. Comic, the comic book industry had this happen to him. It killed, yes, nearly, it killed, killed the comic it nearly industry killed in the it. Ti- 90s it was, and 2000s. It's the, uh, oh, it was the early, it was the mid-90s. Mid-90s. The, uh, there's, a, there's a term for it, um, not investor. Um, damn it. Well, yeah, I can't. So what they would, what, 
what happened was, again, just like the baseball card now. It's the, it was the exact same thing. Kids buy comics, right? Yep. They were 50 cents when in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> they were 12 cents. Probably even less. Uh, they'd buy a comic book. They'd read it. They'd, I'd give it to you. You'd yep. give it to Truckin' and Tuckin'. He'd give it to someone else. Yep. It would end up just until it's so ratty and shredded yep. that you just throw, throw it away. away. Yep. And then there was that one weird kid who was like, he was there at the shop every Wednesday to get his, his subscriptions. And it's like, hey, um, I didn't get the Spider-Man this week. Can I borrow it, Tim? No. Fuck you. You should have gotten there on time and gotten your shit. This one's mine. And he kept them, he kept them on a shelf yeah. all nice and neat or in a shoebox on his bed. And then 20 years later, someone was like, uh, I'm looking for the original Spider-Man Amazing Fantasy number one. You know, does anybody have any? He's like, yeah, I've got one in my my shoebox. Like, I'll give you thirty five thousand yeah, dollars for it. Yeah. And suddenly, it's like, wow, comics are gonna be collectible. So, what does the comic book industry do? They're like, well, we'll make comics to be collectible. Yeah, alternate editions, Chromi- special covers, chromium covers. Uh, uh th- the I ha- I ha- I used to have a copy of X Factor. I don't recall what issue it is, but it's got um, it's got havoc on a on like a, it's like a trading card size card yeah. embedded into the front cover of yep. it and it's got havoc on there and, and it's lenticular you move it yeah i had moves. one of those that was superman it was a holographic superman card that yeah. came you know like attached in, to the to the comic like, yeah. not removable but like it's, it's part of the cover uh, yeah new number one that's when they started doing new all number new ones. number ones that which is the which is the thing they still do they're still doing that yeah and and but then they'll also do the well if we had kept the same Batman line run going that we this would be issue five hundred yes yep and or your triptychs get uh, buy this one comic three times so you yes. get the whole cover art X Men number one from the from the ninety two yeah is that yeah four piece and it's like it was the speculators market speculators market yeah so people would just buy up all these comics. They'd sit in their collection for 20 years. And now what are they worth? They're worth nothing. Cause they printed 3 million of each of them. Yeah. It, it'll take a hundred years before these comics are worth anything. But even then the word of mouth is so bad that I don't think they'll be worth anything. Then they'll be like, <laughs> Oh, this is from the speculator speculator era of comics. Yeah. So we had the golden age and the silver age. This will be the fucking dark age. That's not, I'm, you, you're making a joke, um, but you're literally correct. Correct. It's, uh, there's, I was, I was, I, there's a video I watched or sometime earlier this, this year. It was, it was comic guys talking about like, what should we call the era we're in now? Cause we had the, the golden age, the silver age, the bronze age. And some people have called the, uh, late eighties into nineties, the iron age. Yeah. Um, some people say the copper age steel. Um, but then there's like 20, 14 or so on when they started rebooting everything constantly. And one of the things I've, you know, one of the suggestions was the, um, the collector, the collector's age. Yeah. Or the, uh, the speculation age. Cause that's, that's cause it's, it's happening again. Yeah. It's happening again. Once the MCU started right ramping up, it was, uh, Oh, the room that this, this week's rumor is they're doing a, Loki TV show, yeah, for Disney Plus. Oh, let's all go find like key Loki issues and buy all those up. And now this week, all those is- those specific issues that have Loki in them that might be in the show are now up five hundred percent in yeah. value on CGC. The the other part of this is that they can just charge you a premium. 
you know, if they, mm-hmm. they put that shit on there and, or they do the artificial scarcity method, like yeah. the MCU, they did the big, uh, what they call it? Infinity saga box set in 4k. Yes. And they made like 40 of them or something. Mm-hmm. So they all got bought <laughs> by speculators to, yeah. to now resell for $2,000. That's yeah. It's like, fuck you guys. Just, Keep making them until they stop selling. Yeah, and you'll flood the market against the speculation. It's they do it with video games. Uh, you can't, you know, for a long time you couldn't get your hands on a Switch because people were just buying them yep. and reselling them. Like part of the problems with these resellers and this idea of get rich quick, the stuff that's going to be collectible, the stuff that's interesting to you, are should be things that that matter. You know, I mm-hmm. like this microphone because I use it every week for this show. Probably yeah. fucking used it more than the Red Letter Media guys ever did. Yeah. And I bought it from Red Letter Media. That is that is it worth anything to anyone other than the what the resale value of a sure <laughs> SM7B is? No. No. Yeah. No, it's not. Because it's not it doesn't Even have if it a, had a Mike Saclos's signature on it. That would be dope. It would be dope, but it I mean it's only worth that much more to someone that is also also red letter media fan. Yeah. Yeah. I, these collectible things are just trash that they are tricking you into purchasing on the off chance that you think sometime in the future, you'll be able to have Mm -hmm. like the turbo man that I got you. Yeah. It's not going to be uh, an original Turbo Man is worth basically nothing. <laughs> this one's going to be also worth nothing. Yeah. The only reason why it's fun is the novelty of having a yes. Turbo Man. Yeah, it's not. It's not like this investment for the future that I'm making. No. It's it's <laughs> just a, it's a, like my my Lego collection. I'm sure. I'm. I know that there's value in there, yeah. and I know I know roughly what it's all worth on the reseller market, mm-hmm. but. I never bought any of those with the plan of I'm going to sell this later. Yeah. I bought them because I wanted them. I want to put them on a shelf or put them on some kind of display stand and, and look at them and go, Hey, isn't this cool? Yeah. Or take the pieces and make something else that I also yeah, like. They do the same thing with the, um, uh, the guitar market. Yeah. Where they'll do a artist line that is always changing or in our, a rare artist line that they do once, you know, mm-hmm. or even just like one off weird one off stuff. Like uh, Fender made a bunch, bunch of Japanese only Neon Genesis Evangelion Telecasters, uh, and it didn't doesn't have like a sexy anime lady on it. It's just like color wise, it matches uh, something from the show. Yeah, and they made fifty of them or whatever. Yeah, and only in Japan. Yeah, it's like just make a bunch of them. And if that'll just make you're giving up money. Yeah. You're not getting the secondhand collector's market money. I, that's what I've <laughs> never understood about the reseller market. Look, why do you have, uh, there was the, the women of science, a mm-hmm. Lego idea set that they made. Yep. That we I should have grabbed some of those from, <laughs> we could not us. keep them on the fucking shelves. We get a, yeah. we get a case of them and a case was, I think eight. six or yeah. eight. Yeah. And they'd be gone by the end of the day. The only reason why I got one was because someone called to reserve a, a set and we could only hold things for 24 hours. We held it for three days. And then it's like, this is, you know, this is dated three days ago. Uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, we should put it on the shelf, but can I just buy it? And my boss said, yeah, sure. So I bought it. And I've never, that's the closest I've come to buying something for the collectible value. Cause it was a neat little set. 
I will I will say that. Mm-hmm. But I never built it. It's in a box in storage somewhere now, and I'm sure it's not worth much. And you know, maybe maybe it's worth fifty dollars now, and it was originally t- fifteen. Yeah. But even still, it's like I don't, know, I don't know if it's worth worth selling. It's just a a set that's in a box somewhere. It's collectibles. Anything that they put the word collectible on is definitely not. No. <laughs> the stuff that's collectible are the things that. Yeah, people used to have collections of things. Yeah. And it would be curated. You know, they collect glassware. They collect certain types of art or certain Mm -hmm. types of sculpture or certain kinds of rocks. I don't think people really collect things anymore. And I think that the reason why is if you wanted to have a rock collection, you had to know something about rocks. Yeah. Yeah. If you, or minerals, I'm sorry, (laughs) Uh, they're called minerals. Um, if you wanted to have a collection of a specific artist's work, you had to be able to suss out what was real and what was fake. Yeah. Now people are too lazy to want to do that. It's like, well, I just buy the Funkos that say limited edition on them mm-hmm. and someday they'll be worth something. I used to have a, I won't call it a collection, but it was a, I had all these like interesting bottles that I had found and I went and sold them on eBay and some of them were worth like, 20 and 30 dollars one of them sold for 80 bucks jesus uh it was some medicine bottle that apparently was an unusual size and shape for what the normal ones were yeah so it was worth a lot more than the others but i just thought they were i just thought it was cool looking looking to have these little bottles that i picked up for a nickel at a garage sale or something and then i was like i'm gonna get rid of these and and I don't know why. I think someone had said something about one of them and said like, oh, that, you know, that one I think is actually worth some money. So I eBayed, you know, what the inscription on the etching yeah, said. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, this one's worth 10 bucks. So I sell, I might as well sell all of these. And I made like two, a uh, hundred bucks, 200 bucks somewhere in there. Uh, my Goosebumps book, same thing. I sold all my Goosebumps books when I became a teenager and most of them, I sold them in like sets of 10, one mm-hmm. through 10, et cetera. One of the groupings sold for, uh, 120 bucks. I have no idea why. Yeah. I got all these books for a, less than a dollar each Yeah, at <laughs> thrift stores and garage sales and stuff. Most of them were about a quarter. Cause in the nineties, like they, they were, were trash. Yeah. And I bought them to read them because I thought they were neat. Yes. And then I, I had them on a shelf, you know, in order. And I think I had nearly the entire collection eventually. And I guess there was a rare one in there, but I didn't care. I just, I just, I wanted to resell them because I thought that I was selling them to someone who would read them would also. Read them, yeah. I was definitely incorrect. Yeah. Uh, none of this will ever be. None of all that Star Wars shit you bought, it's all trash. <laughs> I guarantee you that box of Star Wars shit that I threw away, not a single fucking thing in there yeah, is probably worth, not. worth what I paid for it when when it left. I, you know, I lost nothing by putting all that shit in the trash. Bunch of t-shirts. I guess the t-shirts are probably worth something if it was cold. Yeah, anyway. Probably gave it to a homeless person. Yeah, that's, that's, that's about who's, who it's worth. When I moved here, I got rid of like 90% of my printed, my graphic tees. Yeah. Uh, and I just took them to a, a donation bin. So I'm sure there are people walking around Tulsa now in shirts that I used to wear. I look pretty cool. It's, it's weird yeah. thinking of that, about that. Uh, well, that's my issue. And that's it for this week's episode. Here's what I'll get. So uh, I'd just like to say thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to support us on Patreon. Uh, leave us a comment on the website or call in and leave us a voicemail. Until next time, I'm Tad Burt. I'm Tim the Handlebreaker. See you next week.
Bye. If you want to call in the Here's Got Hotline, call us at 704-750-9434 and tell us what you don't get. Pointing at. <laughs> <laughs> or you can visit us on the Discord under uh, the voicemail upload section. John Anderson commented and said, I have the whole Clockwork Orange gang Funko Pops. Now I can have the fun adult Funko Pop adventures. Yeah, you can play uh, that scene in uh, Space Jam. Space Jam! Dude. <laughs> Space Jam, the everything from Space Jam is on clearance at Walmart. It is hilarious. Really? Yeah. Huh. Fucking there are, there are clothes in the clothes section. The toys all have clearance stickers on them. Fucking nobody wanted that. You know why? Do you know why? Why? Because LeBron James is a racist China lover. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, but, uh, I don't think we have any voicemails this week. Unless, I don't think so. Unless we got one in the since we uh, checked before the show. No, nothing new. Well, we don't have any uh, voicemails this week, but we do have is a new segment from Jane Hound. Uh, They're going to be talking about movies from time and again, as long as we can keep their segments shorter than 23 minutes. Uh, But here's here's a short one. They're talking about Green Knight. So listen. Welcome to Jane Hound's Movie Night. We compare two movies and give our thoughts and opinions on them. That we do, Hound. But first... Have you watched anything interesting this week? Yeah, I've been a big fan of the Mueller podcast on YouTube, and he just released a comparison between the oh, Snyder Mueller, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the regular one. And I really liked them. They have a they have a good comparison between the two movies. I find the Justice League movie a little bit fascinating that that bad a movie could have been made with so much like oversight, and then it got remade to be like just as bad. Yeah, and everybody was clamoring as if there was this perfect golden version hidden in some vault like the, uh, well, not not the Ark of the Covenant, I guess the Holy <laughs> Grail. And what we got was an overstuffed mess, at least from everything I've seen, a fucking shambles. <laughs> Aside from the mall reviews, I watched something, actually, I think it was a week ago, it was last oh. Friday. You ever heard of The Green Knight, the Arthurian story, or rather, Gawain and the Green Knight? All I know about the Green Knight is you can summon him in Warhammer, and he got ported over to the Warhammer video game. He's a pretty good hero. He'll show up and help you defend uh, French people. <laughs> He's like a spirit of the forest, right? Or like a spirit of a fallen knight. So you have you have the Green Man, which shows up in mythology. It was kind of, yeah, part of, uh, part of the nature spirits, etc., at least from what I remember. My brain keeps going you know, prototype of Swamp Thing. But no, this is a, a one of the stories in the Arthurian canon, and it's basically about a brand, a knight in training named uh, Gawain. And the thing about the title is that Green can also refer to how inexperienced he is, as well as the baddie or monster in the story. So, okay. I, so I saw this, I feel like this trailer came out ages ago, and it just looked really visually unique and i mean just some of those some of the brief little flashes of of the different set pieces and and scenery you go okay i could clearly a lot of care was put in this reminds me of um what's his name the guy who did 
The Cell and a bunch of other stuff. Tarsim Singh, as well as Immortals, which I know everybody dunks on for having a basically nonsensical plot. And that's that's fair, but it just looks fucking gorgeous. And this had a similar vibe. So I went in going, okay, we're going to get a reasonably faithful Arthurian adaptation. And it is and it isn't. A lot of the reviews I read were ripping on it for it not being this fast-paced, over-the-top, you know, all uh, grit and, and blood and guts kind of rapid Game of Thrones, Braveheart, Lord of the Rings thing. And it's not that. But I think they missed the point that, it, that that's okay, and it's really, it really is kind of introspective. It's more of a about this, what this guy values and why go on this quest and what does honor mean and, and all of these things. Surprisingly weighty stuff for a Hollywood film, even if it was smaller budget, and I thought executed pretty well. Oh, that's an interesting take. So when they say Green Knight, it actually starts off following him as a brand new knight? So it's, well, it starts before he's even, before he's really anything. The only reason he shows up in uh, in Arthur's core, both in the story and in the movie, is because he is he loves the ass. kid of Arthur's, I'm, and I may get this wrong, and all the Arthurian lit folks are going to come out, I believe it's sister or half-sisters, depending on who you ask, the character of what was his, Morgane, uh, Morgan Le Fay, and Morgos are sometimes the same, sometimes different, but he is at least partially related to Arthur. He's allowed in there, and he, he wants to be a knight more than anything, and that comes across, I think, very well in the movie, and something happens where he is given a chance to go out on this quest, and then there's the whole, then there's a question of is he prepared for it or not, and he comes across these kind of, these different little scenes, different little encounters on his, on his adventure, so it's like a basically out. sort of like a modern Hollywood story of a traditional Hello? King Arthur knight adventure. It it is surprisingly traditional in the sense that costumes and everything else I think are great. the The speech is not too stilted, so it's not kind of a real dense Shakespearean to the point where it would turn somebody off. But it's also not there's no modern slang, I, and I think that it balances that pretty well. The other, the other reason I think people didn't like it is related to the, you know, not, not enough action part is that it is a little slow. I'll say it's a little slow. It's maybe could have been trimmed 15, 20 minutes and not lost a whole lot, but the pacing is intentional. And I think some people went in expecting one thing and got another. Now, when you say it's about a young knight, you actually mean it's about Gawain, right? Not yes. a separate new character? It follows Gawain. In fact, large swaths of it, we are just tracking him and his horse and the occasional companion or somebody he talks to uh, going, going on this quest. But yeah, It sounds yeah. like it's a mix of like a Grimm's fairy tale mixed with like a, well, like an Athorian night story. That's, a, that's about right. There are, there are some kind of fairy tale aspects and imagery. There is a little helpful fox companion which doesn't overstay its welcome. And I will say that there's two characters played by the same actress and little, little touches like that. There's some things that are kind of dreamlike. There's, this is not a spoiler. There's a point where he hallucinates, he kind of imagines his own death. I almost said hallucinate because he may or may not be delirious at that point. 
There's there's all kinds of stuff like that. It is it is a very almost dream logic kind of way in there. Maybe a, a little bit of a similar vibe to Pan's Labyrinth in a good way. Ooh, gotcha. Kind of like it, it touches on like the Fey, you know, where nothing really makes sense, but it's still lethal. Yes, and it again, I think it comes back to the the virtue, you know, the chivalric virtues, uh, honor and, and uh, bravery and things like that. And I I thought it was pretty well done. My critique, other than the length, was that the ending was a little ambiguous. I would not have done it that way, but I'm not absolutely furious that it was done that way. It's got one of those like Grimm's, I say Grimm's fairy tale, but it's got like one of those epic, uh, kind of undecided, kind of unclear fey endings. Yes. There is a line that is said where you could read it one of two ways, and the character who says it is pretty unreadable and pretty ambiguous and has been throughout the whole thing. This is why you got to always kill elves. Don't ever trust them. <laughs> Don't ever take their fey bullshit. Just bring cold don't iron the wine. and kill yep. elves. Don't drink the wine. And uh, don't eat the food. Don't have sex with them. That's that a big too. one. That too. That's the, that's the rule they always catch you with. You think mm-hmm. you're going to not drink the wine, not going to like eat their food, wear their clothes, but you know you end up having sex. And then it's like it's all downhill from there. Exactly. Though the character that he's supposed to be wary of, he actually does – does kill and then comes back to life. That's one of the things that that the Green Knight does in in both versions. Shows up at Arthur's court during their Christmas feast and says, "Are any of you brave enough to challenge me?" And Gawain goes, "Fuck it, this is my moment. I'm scared. Why not? Let's do it." Kills him. Green Knight then picks his head up and says, "All right, you need to meet me in a year's time at the Green Chapel." And heads out. So he tries. Oh no! Are you saying that? You can't even kill elves as a way to get out of their stupid bargains? In this, that's the interesting question, is that could this thing have, have been killed? And it's really more about him. Is he going to go there? What's his frame of mind when he when he gets there? What is he going to say to this, this knight? Is he going to... What's he going to do? Because the game that is played, the Green Knight calls it a game, is... In a year's time, I will return the stroke, the, the stroke that you gave me with the same weapon. You read that as he's going to decapitate Gawain, but there's a little more going on than that. See, this is the problem. The other smart knights in King Arthur's court, you just make a deal with a dwarf, get an enchanted sword, it's got some runes on it. You just make sure you pay the guy, and you're pretty much good to go. Maybe you kill a troll or something as part of a quest, and it all wraps up pretty simple. The worst you do is get drunk. <laughs> he didn't get any... Uh... He didn't get any uh, mithril armor or plus two swords for for this one. It was not that kind of magic. Sorry. Well, no, I mean like with those with the dwarf option, the worst you end up with is maybe the dwarf kills you in anger, but like you don't end up cursed by a fey elf who you can't even cut off his head. That's the that's the interesting thing is that there's the the implication that his mom uh, summoned or made this thing to give him the chance to be a knight. You know. The danger appears, coincidentally, uh, the first time Gawain is sat by Arthur's side. Hmm. So that, that's now, another thing, is how, how real was the danger? Now, the legend of Gawain is interesting, too, because doesn't Gawain end up being, like, one of the kings or sub-kings in Arthurian myth? That's, it's been a little while, but yes, that shows up. He cuts oh, it, was, it was, like I said, I thought it was well done. I think it's worth a watch, just... Know what you're getting into. No, it's it's kind of a 
you you sit with it and and experience it and let it let it unfold instead of it just being a a, a rush or very very quick, fast paced. That sounds like a hell of a movie. Where did you watch it? Well, I wanted was considering seeing it in theaters, and I thought oh, I'll just wait until it comes on on streaming. But a twenty four, the distributors only had it out for one night on the eighteenth, and after that, poof isn't available on streaming, at least in the foreseeable future. So uh, I'll leave it to your imagination how I got that. Oh, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, I know, right? It says it made uh, $20 million in the box office, so like it must have been out a little bit. It's a oh, shame no, it, yeah, it, it was. And I mean, I'm sure it's going to I'm sure it's gonna come on, on streaming. My uh, friend who I watched it with, she is a massive Arthurian Lit fan. I mean, I took a class on it, read some of it, enjoyed it. But she does the whole Renfair SCA kind of stuff, is actually writing some Arthurian stories. It's like really into it and absolutely loved it. It's interesting with Arthurian myth that uh, women play a pretty big part in his downfall. Like they're a pretty active uh, force in the Arthurian stories. Oh, yeah. There's there's tons of fuckery. I mean, the, the shit with Guinevere and Lancelot, his uh, his sister plotting his death, his his kid, Mordred. There's um, there's a book, very long, famous kind of retelling modernization where it's from the women's perspective called I think it was Miss of Avalon. And it was a miniseries. Miniseries wasn't bad, uh, but it took out a whole bunch of stuff in the book. So, yeah, absolutely. Full of betrayal, cheating. Mm hmm. Uh, Sons avenging, sons being killed. Thoughts, man. Like good stuff. I think like every single night has a sub story about being screwed by a woman in some way. That sounds about right, except for uh, I think it was Percival because Percival's thing is that he's he's always chased. That's why there's there's a point in uh, in one of them where he Chase. repeatedly succeeds where Lancelot failed because Lancelot fucked Arthur's wife and Percival has never done anything like that. Well, I, I feel like when you're banging the, the queen, like you've already made some pretty big mistakes as far as like uh, thought control. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the whole sad thing about Lancelot is he's, he's really, really competent, but he gets he gets un, undone. He could have had any other woman, but he mm -hmm. couldn't say no to the queen. Got to get that gilded pussy, right? Have you ever <laughs> um, read anything about how some of the Arthurian stories might be uh, might be tied to like old Roman legions that were still active in the area? I've heard the whole Camelot uh, took place during uh, the during the Roman Empire thereabouts, kind of in the mythic past. But I didn't hear that specifically. That's interesting. Well, it doesn't have to, you know, a, a lot of times when people say that, it makes it sound like it was going on in the middle of Caesar times. But when the Roman Empire fell apart, the remaining Gaelic tribes had a lot of respect for Roman customs. And when the Rome fell, the Gaelic tribes and the Germanic tribes, they had picked up a ton of Roman military training and military, like, weapon styles. That's and all. so in England, for example, the Battle of 1066. Uh, into, well into like 1000 AD, Which they still Roman. had like Roman baths and Roman Roman uh, ruins and like the kings all followed uh, old Roman cousins. I mean, look at the Holy Roman Empire. The guy's in Germany and he is calling himself the Kaiser of the Roman Empire. So, I mean, it's, it's not at all unbelievable that in like 500 AD that some guys in England were still calling themselves like the Kaiser of England. They had a lot of respect for Rome, and you know they 
they changed the Roman culture to be British. But it's I think there's some truth to that. A lot of those little a lot of those countries still. You know, shit. Even even Kaiser uh, Wilhelm in oh. like 1800s. I mean, he's called the Kaiser because that's how Caesar is pronounced if you pronounce it correctly and not like a stupid Englishman. Yeah, that makes I'm sense. Sure Caesar. I'd, I'd buy that then. Paul well, New the Vegas salad. taught me that. I'll wait the Kaiser. <laughs> what, that was, really that's actually kind of a good ending right there. Yeah. All right. Well, um, this has been uh, talking about that true Kino. Well, there you go. First episode of uh, Jay and Hound reviewing movies on the show now. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, you you say the the name Pan's Labyrinth in a movie review, yeah, and say this movie is like that, and I'm, I'm there. Yeah, you say the name Pan's Labyrinth in a movie review, and I say that it's like that, and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds kind of neat. Green Knight sounds. Well, neat. I don't know why you would go in, why you would see the trailer for that movie and be like, I want fucking Michael Bay action up the ass. Is it a Michael Bay movie? No. Oh. But Jay was saying that, uh, I think you were answering the door that some people were saying that, like, you know, there wasn't enough action in this movie and. And they were expect, expecting a lot more spectacle. I don't know how you see the trailer for this movie. Yeah. And expect. That. I haven't seen the trailer, so. Yeah. I'll have to check that out after this. Well, thanks, my Jay and Hound. Hopefully hear from you again in the future. But uh, until next time. See you.